to double in what is called apologetics, and um, particularly we talked about what, who can remind us? Anybody? What, what did we talk about last week? Yes, sir. Can you keep the hands up until you get the mic so that you can be located? Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We talked about two sides of, um, of belief. We said that when you're a believer in Christ, uh, there are certain things that make you believe that Christ existed. Right. Okay. And then the other side, some people also have brainwashed into certain okay. beliefs. Yeah. Okay. You're talking about the content. Okay, good. That's correct. Um, so just uh, to save our time, we talked about, can I believe the Bible? And were like putting up a defense for for that and um, today we we are looking at a very controversial um, part of um, Christian theology called um, eschatology or the study of the end times the end times it's it's um it's a place where a lot of a lot of us pastors fear to dread dread to tread <laughs> because of all that is associated with it. Um, but I mean, there's no part of the Bible that we should shy away from. Praise the name of the Lord. Um, so we are going to dive right into it. But before we get into it, the the open uh, question. Opening question says something like, um, when you think of the end times, what comes to your mind? What, when you think of the end times, what comes to your mind? What comes to mind? There's a hand at the back. Thank you. Rapture. <laughs> Rapture. Okay, give me, give me the mic, give me the mic. When you say when you think of when you say rapture, what does that mean? One, yeah. One, it can happen anytime. Yes. What is rapture? Okay, rapture is taking away of the saints. Of the saints. Yes. Okay, so when you think of rapture, what emotions do you feel? A sense of fear. <laughs> A sense of fear that ah, you know. Now, the question is, is that what God really wants us to feel? If you have, um, you have you've been married or you've dated someone or what have you, and, and you are the wife and your husband has gone for a while and your husband is coming back, you feel many things, but I don't think fear is one of the things you feel. <laughs> I won't talk about the other things you feel. But it's not fair. Praise the name of the Lord. So why does the church, the bride of Christ, feel fair when we think of the rapture? Anybody else? What, when you think of end times, yes, there's a hand right in front here. What comes to mind? 
the big question of if you will be seen worthy enough in his sight to make his kingdom. Right. If you are rapturable, that is the, <laughs> that is the spiritual term. If you will be seen worthy enough. Huh. That alone is another topic. Yeah, let's take one more. What comes to mind? Yes. Um, right in the middle. Okay, give him the mic. So, quickly, tell us. Okay, so it's been from fear and then to desire. Right. I remember a, one movie, very old one, uh-huh. The Unprofitable Servant. The, the picture it paints is you have people in church and you have the pastor with, um, not raptured and you have other people. So that was the idea behind rapture that, okay, so it's possible to be in church and not get raptured. But as the days go, go by with, the, with more knowledge, I know that I've received the love of God. I know that it's not really about me. So right now, it's not so much about fear, but looking for Expectation. Forward. Amen. Okay. Yes, sir. Then give her the mic. Then we Praise are, the we Lord. are done with this. Yes. Um, growing up, there was this movie that we saw back then titled, I think, in Yoruba, right. the beginning of the end of right. the world. And the picture that I painted then was like the people that were left on earth, like what will happen to them left afterwards. To Their eyes will be plugged out. Yeah. All those things created this tribulation. Kind of fear, exactly. So it created this kind of fear that, man, I don't want to be left here. I need to go with him. Amen. <laughs> okay, yeah, finally. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, what comes to mind for me is judgment. Like, judgment. Yes. Mm. We are looking forward to the husband coming back. Right. Okay. What have you done while he was away? Right. So, yes, judgment. Right. The kitchen has not been swept. <laughs> the room is still dirty. You know, there's undone laundry. So it depends on where you are. If you're in that state, you, you, your husband's coming back will fill you with fear of trepidation. But if all the house is clean and, you know, there's food in the kitchen, you know, and the other things are set, you will be feeling something else. Okay, praise the name of the Lord. First Peter 3, 15, we talked about that last week. It, it says to us that, but sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to defend, to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. To make a defense, the word, the root word there is apolo- apologia. And that's why we get apologetic, to make a defense for something. And next week, if, if George um, doesn't lead us in another direction, we will be contrasting um, Christianity and Islam. You know, you don't want to miss that one. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> you know, again, it's a topic many of us pastors don't want to talk about because you know, it's not always politically correct. But scripture is scripture. Praise the name of the Lord. So, apologetics is the act of defending and establishing the Christian faith. Apologetics, if you are writing, if you have an outline, you should be writing. 
there's space there is, is the act of defending and establishing the Christian faith. And a solid theology is required to become an effective apologist. A solid theology is required. You know? So again, today we are going to be looking at the aspect of theology called eschatology, which is the study of end time. So eschatology is the part of theology. Theology is, is the study of the nature of God and, and the works of God. Um, so it's the part of theology that deals with the end time. Big name, but just means end time. I mean, it's, 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 like I said, it's a very controversial part of Christianity. We have people believing different things, you know, and um, in a bid to, um, to work together, uh, there's a story that was told of two pastors that, you know, were like, um, one said to the other, we are both doing God's work, you know. That sounds like, okay, we are on the same team. We are both doing God's work. And he went on to say that you are doing it in your way and I am doing it in his way. Okay, you get that on Sunday. <laughs> so in a bit to say that we are together, he still differentiated the fact that you are doing it your way, the one doing it in his way. And many times we kind of take our own viewpoint as, the, as gospel. We think everybody else is wrong. You know, today we are going to look at all the sides, you know. We are going to also share with you where we stand. And, I mean, again, it doesn't mean the people that believe differently that are Christians are going to hell. But we have um, very clear reasons for where we stand, where we stand, you know. But the important thing is what holds us together. Praise the name of the Lord. So when it comes to um, end time, Jesus did not tell us when he's coming back. In fact, he said, we were not to speculate. The disciples said to him, oh, tell us the time. He says, <laughs> even the angels don't know. It is only the Father that knows the time. So, you don't worry about the time. So Jesus tells us clearly not to worry. But from time to time, we have people who have ignored Jesus' warning and have come up with a date of the end of time. Have you heard that before? You know, the year is going to end in, uh, the Jehovah Witness said it was going to end in 1914. And when it did not end, they said the end had started. <laughs> we are still there now, <laughs> you know, and um, some, a lot of people say it's going to end in um, year 2000, you know, Y2K, you know, was the big one, and a lot of people were throwing their weight behind it, including Isaac Newton. In fact, he came up with a um, with physics proving that the year will end in year 2000, but of course, this is 2018. You know, so, so, you know, Isaac Newton, otherwise a very solid, I mean, Christian, innovator, physicist, got discredited. Why? Because 
every time you enter a lane that God has not put you, you are on your own. Uh, you know, every time you begin to do things that God has not sent you to do, you are on your own. So, Isaac Newton, unfortunately, was one of those people that said, uh, year 2000, Jesus is coming back. The scriptures, however, gave us only one, if you want something that is specific, only one specific event or occurrence that will trigger the coming back of Jesus. And that we see in Matthew 24, verse 14. In Matthew 24, 14, it says that, and the good news, the gospel about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it. Then the end will come. So, so Jesus gave us a hint, a big hint there, that if you want the exact time, the exact time that the gospel has gone around the world, everybody has heard and have had the opportunity of accepting the gospel. The end will come. But who knows when that will be? Nobody. But you see, the truth is that it's, it's getting closer and closer. If you look at events, even a socialist state like China, you know, China forbids Christianity. They do. You know, and so we, we are, if you notice outside, we are, we are doing like a signage. Have you noticed it? On your way out. Now, a part of the signage, there's a digital component which is, is coming from, from China. And one of the guys we are dealing with, you know, um, I was talking with him, you know, and he said, oh, that the typhoon really hit them bad. But he said, thank God his family is safe. I said, thank God. I said, what do you know about God? This is a Christian. That they have fellowship in one corner, worship Jesus. I mean, that when he heard that he was doing this for his church, he was so happy. Now, you wouldn't think that there will be a free, liberal, Chinese Christian that can say it boldly on social media. Because of WhatsApp we're chatting. So the gospel is actually progressing very fast. Praise the name of the Lord. Let's give the Lord a big hand. You know, and that also means, it means what? So in addition to this very specific thing, Jesus said that there would be certain signs to watch out for. We're going to go through eight of these signs. And these signs are what is known as the signs of the times. Seven of them is described in Matthew 24, and the eighth one is in Luke. Signs of the end. The first one, number one, is that there will be false prophets. Sorry, not false prophets. False Christs. Two different things. False Christs. And that is in verse 5. It says, For many will come 
in my name, saying, I am the Christ and will mislead many. In fact, one of the key signs of the end time is, is there will be deception. Jesus started in verse 1 by saying, verse 3, by saying, see that no man deceives you. Be careful that no one deceives you. And in, in verse 5, the very first thing he said is that there will be many that will say, I am the Christ. I will mislead many. Have we not seen a lot of those in our time? We have Jesus of Oyingo. You guys know Jesus of Oyingo? We have all sorts of gurus that says that, you know, they are the anointed ones. They are the Christ. So, which tells us that at least that sign that the end is there has happened, right? Okay. Number two. It says there will be wars and rumors of wars. Wars and rumors of wars. In verse 6, it, it says, you will be hearing of wars and of rumors of wars. Say that you are not frightened. For those things must take place. But that is not yet the end. It's just a pointer to the end. For nations, for nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And in various places, there will be famines and earthquakes. But all these are merely the beginning of the end, the birth times, the beginning. They are just the beginning of the end. So, so the second thing is that we're going to see wars and we're going to hear of wars. Wars are going to be taking place and there will be rumors of wars. Now, I mean, that is happening today. Both wars and rumors of wars. North Korea, nuclear weapon, with the two president of the U.S. and the temperament of <laughs> president of South Korea, you know, at some point, you were almost sure something was going to go down. Then there's Iran, then there's the Palestine, then there's Israel. I mean, it's, it's just like we are sitting on, the world is sitting on a keg of gunpowder. Really, in fact, not gunpowder, a, a, a keg of nuclear heads. And if you go through history, I mean, from when man had primitive tools to work and began to develop primitive weapons from rocks and then iron, then wood, iron, and all. There's no weapon that man has made that man has not used. There's none. There's no weapon that man has made that man has not used. There will be one crazy guy somewhere that's going to launch that nuclear thing. That's just how man is. Praise the name of the Lord. And Jesus says, expect these things. Expect these things. And when they happen, don't be scared. Don't be frightened. Don't, they have to happen. That's what he's saying. 
the scripture says, when they happen, don't be scared. Don't look at the news and you're like, what is going on in this world? You don't know how to plan. You don't know what to think. The purpose of this is to let put your heart at rest that it's all pointing to the return of your Savior, Jesus, the Son of the living God. Amen. Number three, there will be persecution of believers. Persecution of believers. Believers will be persecuted. And we see that in verse 9. It says, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you and, will, and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. And you see, that is so happening now. Many times when we look at the Nigerian Christian, or, you know, and when we think of persecution, we think it's removed that, oh, it's happening in all those bad places. But guess what? Nigeria, is, I think, is number four country in the world that Christians are persecuted the most. As in, not persecuted of, of in, just basic internals, as in killed the most, mostly in the north. But it's still Nigeria. Praise the name of the Lord. And Jesus is saying, that is going to happen. When that happens, it's a pointer to the end. Number four, there will be apostasy of many. There will be falling away of many. It's called the falling away, apostasy. That's in verse 10. It says, and at that time, many will fall away. Many will fall away. They will just walk away from God. They just walk away from Christ. They just walk away from the things of God. They become apostates. And you see, it is happening all around us. Number five, signs of the end, betrayal and hatred, betrayal and hatred, betrayal and hatred. Still in verse 10 of Matthew 24, it says, at that time, many will betray one another and hate one another. Now, question. Is that happening today? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Number six. False prophets will arise. False prophets will arise. There will be false prophets. And that's in verse 11. It says, many false prophets will arise and mislead many. Not just what many false prophets will arise. And it's a challenge of our time. Even <laughs> there are churches <laughs> in, around us that it's unbelievable the things that are done. Unbelievable. Pastors making congregation member drink petrol. You know. Casting out demons in the underwear, just crazy stuff. People, and you see, instead of saying that 
oh, the church is fake. No, the church is not fake. Jesus says it's going to happen. Christianity is not fake. Jesus says, expect it. It's going to happen. Instead of us being disappointed and being discouraged, we should actually be encouraged because our Lord has said it will happen. It means that his coming is imminent. Instead of it making us doubt, it should actually make our faith stronger. Number seven, increase of lawlessness and the love of many will grow cold. Increase of lawlessness and cold love. That's actually a combo. <laughs> lawlessness will increase and love will wax cold. Verse 12. Verse 12 says, because lawlessness is increased, most people's love will grow cold. Because lawlessness will increase, most people's love will go cold. And number eight, there'll be earthquakes, plagues, famine, and signs in the heavens. Even though Matthew 24, 6 talks about that, but we're going to look at Luke 21, 10 to 11. It says, then he continued by saying to them, nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be great earthquakes, and in various places, plagues and famine, and there will be terrors. There will be terrorism, and great signs from heaven. There will be things that you can't really Explain. The word of God says. So these are the signs. And the truth is, all these signs, there's no, not a single one of them that has not happened or is not taking place. Every one of them is taking place. So all we are waiting for is for the gospel to reach every tribe, like Jesus said. And the end, actual end, will come. So when we talk about the end time, there are um, certain terminologies that are being used that I, I like to just define two of those terminologies before we, we, we continue so that we can make sense of it. The first is the rapture. What is the rapture? First Thessalonians chapter 4, 15 to 17 explains what the rapture is. So basically, the rapture, you can read that when you get home, the rapture is a time when believers will be taken up. They'll be taken up like that. Boom. So two people will be sitting together. One will go. The other will stay. Two people will be lying on the same bed. The Bible says husband and wife. One will go. Boom. Husband. Okay. Wife. <laughs> Boom. Or both. <laughs> Boom, you know. <laughs> Regardless if you like the old name like this. 
or during Royal Rumble. One will go. You get it. You get, you get that on Sunday. <laughs> One will go. Boom. Like that. Two people will be in the marketplace. Five people. Maybe three will go. Boom. You just look. They are not there anymore. That is the rapture. It is a scriptural truth and it is going to happen. Praise the name of the Lord. You know, it's one of those things I'm really looking forward to. You know, I've said it before. You know, it's, it, it pleases God. I, I pray I'll be around when the rapture happens. Just the feeling. How will it feel? To just take off. It'll be amazing. I believe I can fly. Ah, <laughs> Kelly. I pray it will be there if he's alive. <laughs> ah. So that, that's the first that's the first um, term, terminology we need to define. Uh, term we need to define. The second term we need to define is um, the millennium. The millennium. I will see that in Revelation 20, 46. Again, read that when you get home. These things are supposed, this teaching is supposed to whet your appetite for further studies. So um, the millennium is, is the um, 1,000 year rule of Christ. Jesus will physically come to the earth and physically govern, politically govern the earth for a thousand years. And that is called the millennium. It will show us who a true president should be like. Praise the name of the Lord. It will show us how this same earth, not a new heaven and a new earth, this is before the new heaven and the new earth, how, a, how this earth can be governed and everybody will try. It will have, because it will be governing the world from Jerusalem, it will have his boys in different locations. I've asked him for Iraq. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, since I gave my life to Jesus, how many years ago? <laughs> I have been saying to the Lord, just give me a rack to govern for you. You know, you know, I don't know if it will happen, but I pray it does. Some people will have Lagos, some people will have Kaduna, some people will have Nigeria, some people will have a local government, some people will have a village. <laughs> Again, it's depending. So I would you know who, who does what is simple. Depending on how you have used and developed your capacity on earth now. That's what we determine it. How is your leadership quotient right now? You can't lead five people. You always cause confusion. They will even put you in charge of a village. <laughs> because when it returns... It will, the one that has ten ta five talents that used it well, he will say, come. Come and be governor of more. Why? Because you'll be faithful in little. So faithfulness is key. What you do for God here now determines how you be with him there and then. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so that's the millennium. So, while all Christians, all Christians do not agree on every detail of what will occur in the final event of the world history. 
every Christian agrees on certain key components of that which we are going to see. Someone said that the millennial is the 1,000 years of peace that Christians like to fight about. <laughs> What's going on? Well, it worked. Was it tough today? <laughs> You're not catching the jokes. <laughs> okay. Some of these events and their order of occurrence have simply not been made clear in the Bible. That's the truth. God has chosen to be silent about the details. It is not for us to be filling in the blanks. We should just see what God has said. The secret things belong to God. All will be made known in God's own timing. But regardless, the important thing is this, is that all Christians agree that Christ will ultimately return bodily, visibly, and gloriously. If you are writing those three words, Christ will ultimately return bodily, visibly, and gloriously to reign and rule with his resurrected and transformed saves forever and ever. So we, that is clear. Everybody agrees. If you don't agree with that, you are not a Christian. That is the thing that holds us together. That's what defines us as believers. Praise the name of the Lord. So we see that while there are different views, there are core values that hold us together. So what are these different views? There are four main different views. Some say, say three. One is broken down into two, but it's, the two are so different that we have decided to stick with four. Four main different views. The first view of end time is what is called historic premillennialism. Big English, but very useful English. Historic pre-millennialism. The second is dispensational millennialism. Dispensational millennialism. The third is amillennialism. Amillennialism. And the fourth is post-millennialism. So let's take that from the beginning again. What is that writing? The first is historic or historical, historical premillennialism. Historical premillennialism. The second is dispensational premillennialism. Dispensational premillennialism. The third is amillennialism. The fourth is postmillennialism. So if you look at it with the millennium in the middle, 
The first two are premillennialism, historical and dispensational. The second, the third, and millennialism is the one in the middle. Then the fourth is post-millennialism. Praise the name of the Lord. Okay, so how does this look like? How does the timeline of this look like? If we start with the historic, historical, historical premillennialism, we see the people that hold to this view say that after the church age, we are in the church age right now, there's a period that Tribulation is going to begin. Now, society grows increasingly evil down the spectrum. So, but at this time, tribulation is going to be horrible because the, the um, Antichrist will have been revealed. There will be a lot of persecution. Then the historical premillennialism worldview or, or school of thought says at the end of the tribulation, there will be the second coming of Jesus. That Jesus will actually come back. <clears throat> that Jesus will actually come back here, right here second coming, and then there will be the millennium, which is the 1,000 year rule, right, that we define. Then at the end of the millennium, we go into eternity and we live forever and ever and ever. So that is historical what? Okay, let's say it together. I want to go. It's not historical me, 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 near, is it? <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's historical pre-millennialism. Ah. Okay, so the next is the dispensational premillennialism. And the dispensational premillennialism states clearly that after, during the church age, the rapture will happen just before the tribulation, just before the man of deceit, the Antichrist, is revealed and the whole world is subjected to a time of pain, excruciating, that <laughs> most people will survive. That God will come for his people. Now, and that this tribulation will go on for seven years. Three and a half, three and a half, says the book of Revelation. So three and a half plus three and a half, seven years. And then you have the second coming of Christ. 
So the um, <coughs> historical premillennialism does not separate the rapture from the second coming. The rapture and the second coming happen at the same time after the tribulation. The dispensational premillennialism says that the rapture will happen before the tribulation and the second coming of Christ will happen after the tribulation. We will be with Christ in the period of seven years while the world goes through tribulation. Then we come back and reign for a thousand years millennium. Then we enter into eternity. But at that junction, you have the final judgment. And when we talk about judgment um, in scriptures, three types, maybe for another day. Okay, so number three is what? Amillennialism. Now, amillennialism just says that we are in the church age, tribulation is happening already, and we are in the millennium. <laughs> they are. <laughs> the, the, the people that hold this thought say that Jesus has come, is in our hearts. But it's arguable because the church age has lasted for more than 1,000 years. So how can we still be in the millennium and second coming has, and judgment has not happened? But some people still hold on to it very strongly. So, and then after that, we have eternity. We go into eternity. And number four, can, are you seeing the difference? Okay, great. So number four is post, post what? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Number four is post. <laughs> Some people are just saying, are saying uh, what they are saying. Okay, so postmillennialism says church age leads to tribulation, we lead to the millennium. So it's postmillennialism. Christ will come postmillennium. Second coming of Jesus and final judgment will happen together. Then we flow into eternity. So the question is, which one do we believe, Pastor? <laughs> Pardon me? Okay. Who, who says? Yes, there's a hand at the back. Did I hear someone speak over here? Yeah, there's, there's a, another hand there. There's one at the back. Look back, you'll see the person. Thank you. Right. Anyone against the microphone? Yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. I think the second one, dispensational premillennialism. Eh? <laughs> Oi? <laughs> say it again, say it again. Dispensational premillennialism. <laughs> We understand what you are trying to say. Uh, we understand. 
Okay, yeah. Joy, is that Joy? No, it's Talia. Oh, it's Talia. Okay. Okay, I think um, I believe more in the dispensational premillennial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, fine. Um, anybody else? You see, the, the, the truth is this. If you check scriptures, a lot of these guys, and I can tell you the different church fathers that have believed different of this, you'll be surprised. But I don't want to go into that. You know? But the truth is, knowledge has increased. The word of God is clear. This appears to be more accurate. Dispensational premillennialism is more accurate. You could argue, but rapture before tribulation, maybe I want to, I want to believe that. <laughs> maybe it's, it's, but if you look at how God deals with his people, in fact, Jesus says that, the word of God says that he will, he will snatch his people before that great day. So God hints here and there that this is going to happen before this. This will happen once the gospel has gone round. This will happen. Rapture happens. Then tribulation. The people that have faith in Christ have, have become apostates. They've fallen away from Christ. When rapture happens, they will believe now. They will come back from their backsliding states. Or those that we have been talking to about Jesus have refused to believe. When they see that what you have been telling them have actually happened, they will actually now believe. But now they will be saved with their own blood, practically. Because they will, is it that they bow to the beast or they face the consequences? And because of how real it is now for them, they will choose to face the consequences. And they, they will be beheaded, they will be killed, they will be shredded. And they are actually going to be very few. The, 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 the pointer in Revelation talks about 144,000 of them will now, when the second coming of Jesus comes, 144,000 of them will be received by Christ. So it means that, I said of them because I don't think you'll be there. Okay. <laughs> You know, this is where we are. We are here and here. Okay. <laughs> now, <clears throat> then together with his saints, we rule for a thousand years. So if we go and do like a comparative um, study, and actually compare on the key questions and how do these different views of, of, of um, eschatology explain or the position they take. We'll see that when we look at the question of will Jesus return physically? Will Jesus physically return on the earth? The answer is dispensational um, 
premillennialism says yes. Historical says what? Yes. Amillennialism says what? Says what? Yes. Postmillennialism says what? Everybody agrees. In the essentials, we have. Come on. In the essentials, we have. In the non essentials, we have. In all things, we. Uh-uh. You need to do the journey again. In the essentials, we have unity. In the non essentials, we have liberty. In all things, we show love. So, so we see that will Jesus return physically, not figuratively. Physically, the physical body, everyone believes and agrees. I mean, for me, that's enough. Really. Whether you are a millennialism, you are post-millennialism, you are historical millennialism, you are dispensational millennialism, or there's, this, there's another part that those are, those are the, the mid-dispensational millennialism. So, mid-dispensational pre-millennialism. Those are those that believe that rapture, tribulation will happen for three years, three and a half years. The rapture will happen in the middle of tribulation. Then there will be another three years. <laughs> Too much. Another three and a half years, then, you know, whatever. Everybody believes that what? Jesus will come back physically. Praise the name of the Lord. When will Jesus return? This guy says after tribulation, before millennium, as you have seen. This guy says after tribulation, before millennium. They both agree. That's why they are premillennialism. Amillennialism says anytime, even now, Jesus is here. Postmillennialism says after the millennium. Did the rapture and second coming occur at the same time? Dispensational says no. Two different events. Everybody else says yes. Same time. Will there be a great tribulation? Everybody practically says yes, but at different timing. This guy says yes, this guy says yes, this guy says it's ongoing right now. Both of them says it's ongoing right now. But what is happening right now, as bad as it is, without minimizing it, is nothing compared to what the Bible describes as will happen during the time of tribulation. Will Christians suffer during the tribulation? No. It starts there because they will have been raptured. And it also starts because, yes, because the ones that now believe or are restored to Christ will have to suffer. So, but technically, no, but yes. Yes, yes, yes. Will there be a literal 1,000 years? Year, millennium. 1,000 year, millennium. Yes, yes, no, no. So, amillennialism says there's a millennium, but it's not a literal 1,000 years because there are 1,000 years have elapsed. So they, they have to say that. Who will be saved? Now, here you go again. Christians only, Christians only, Christians only, Christians only. They all agree that Christians only 
will be saved. So they all agree that Jesus is coming. They all agree that Christians only will be saved. I think that is enough. Praise the name of the Lord. Every other detail we will get when Jesus comes back. So we are to look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Not to the uncertainty ahead. Look to Jesus. So in the midst of, of, the, of our chaotic world, we should take comfort in the fact that evil will not prevail over good. Evil will not win. Someday, Jesus will return in victory over evil and injustice. But in the meantime, make it your goal to live for Christ and to point others to him. Romans 13, 11 says, this is all the more urgent. For you know how late it is. Time is running out. Wake up. As for our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. If you believed 20 years ago, rapture is 20 years closer. That's what it's saying. If you believed 50 years ago, rapture is actually 50 years closer. If you believed two weeks ago, rapture is two weeks closer. So no matter how will progress scientifically. No matter the amount of change that happens around us, some things will never change. And that is our capacity, human capacity for evil, does not change. Our capacity for conflict does not change. Our need for God, for his savior, does not change. You can be educated but your need for God does not change. You can be scientifically advanced. Your need for God does not change. You can create cars that drive themselves, but your need for God does not change. You can call your car at the car park from your phone, and it will come, drive, and come and pick you in front of church thyself. That's going to happen very soon anyway. It's been tested. But your need for God does not change. Do we have any questions? Let's give the Lord a big hand. Do you have any questions? Yes, okay. There's a hand at the back. There's another hand here. There's another hand there. There's another hand there. And time must have questions. Another hand in front. The first person you can give the mic to. There's at the back right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. So, Pastor, what is going to happen to, to the... Can you wave to me if you're talking? Okay, yes. Okay, fine. Go ahead. So, what is going to happen to the uh, dead, uh, maybe the bad people that are, they, they are dead? And the rapture is here. And, um, you know, for the tribulation, are they going to be part of the tribulation too? 
Okay. <laughs> for the test. Okay. The, the answer is no. They will not be part of the tribulation. But at the second coming of Jesus, Revelation says that the sea will give up their dead. The earth, fire, everywhere that people have died, they will, it, will, it will vomit them to now face the white throne room, white throne judgment of God. So, like I said, there are three judgments. The, 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 the judgment of the nations, the, the separation of the um, sheep from the goats, then the white throne room, white throne seat judgment, which everyone living and dead will face. Then there's the judgment seat of Christ, which only believers, your work will go through. If it goes through fire, if it survives, if it doesn't survive, you yourself will be saved. But the work is gone. So those are the three main um, judgments. Everyone that, that is dead, at this point, since we are, we are sticking with these guys, right? Okay. Um, everyone that is dead at this point, at the end of the, we are the second, no, at the second coming of Christ, so, sorry. At the second coming of Christ, everyone that is dead goes up. And this rule happens, and the judgment happens. Thank you. Um, Good evening, sir. Yeah, okay. Good evening again, sir. Good evening. Um, I have a question from Revelation 7. Revelation 7? Yes, sir. What does uh, it say? Um, so, permit me to quickly read uh, verse yeah. 9. It says, after this vast crowd, bottom line, they were clothed in white robes, and they held branches in their hands. Then if you go to 14, he said, um, so he was questioning the angels about the 24, one of the angels about the 24 elders and those clothed in um, white robes. And this is what he said. So I said to him, sir, you're the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their clothes in the blood of the lamb and they are made white. So my, my question is, um, does this verse just talk about the fact that only, um, it's a popular question anyway, 144 of the Jews will rapture, and then those guys in white robe referring to the remaining part of the people that will go through tribulation before they get um, into heaven. Just to throw more light on that. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't say only 144,000 people will, will, be, um, will be with Christ. No, only 144,000 Jews will be with Christ. It's, it's, um, it says that, I think I, I mentioned this um, earlier on, the, the people, the 144,000, when it talks about from every tribe and every, every tribe of the Jews, right, it's not, it's not talking exclusively about all Israel, only 144,000 people. The people that go through the tribulation later says that those will be the ones. Do you understand? The people that get saved through the tribulation. Let me bring it up again. <coughs> Maybe you want to read the whole scripture. Now, um, Pastor Richard, there you go. At this point, right, everyone that believes in Jesus Christ, Jew, Gentile, will be raptured. And I, and I tell you, the there are more than 844,000. Right now, pre-Christ Jews 
that are with Jesus that will be counted on that day. Abraham, David, and those guys, they are more than 144,000. So, so that scripture cannot be saying 144,000 Jews. Praise the name of the Lord. So that's what it is not saying. Now, what it is saying is at this period, there are those that have washed their robe in the blood. They went through this tribulation. Those are the people that are believers that went through tribulations and Jesus comes for them. In, in my opinion, it appears that those will be the ones that are 144,000 people. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> do you understand? What, what I want us to do is maybe, maybe from next week, we, we have time next week, right? We'll take that scripture and read the whole thing in perspective and then now explain it. Okay? So maybe that will help. Yeah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Church, good evening. Are you with me? I'm right here. Pastor. Yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. yeah. So, um, just, just thinking out loud, if you could take us to the slide where we had the four uh, millennial, millennialism thing broken down. Yeah. The, the last question there on that slide says, who is saved? And all four categories agree that Christians only. Yeah. I'm thinking, much as the rapture is a spiritual thing, right. it might as well be a physical phenomenon as well. Right. The Bible clearly you know, states that they will be caught up in the air. Right. And this rapture will happen just as Christ said, after the gospel has hit every corner of the earth. Right. Meaning that people of other denomination, of other faith, would have heard about Jesus, uh -huh. but will stick to the faith that they have at that point in time. If a physical phenomenon such as the rapture, even though spiritual, should happen, uh -huh. does it not stand to reason that other people too say, hey, listen, this man Jesus that we've heard about, he's real after all. Right. At that point, do they qualify for Christians? Or yes. how do we categorize them? Perfect. So that's what we are saying. So um, if we go to here, to this picture. So at that point, they have actually missed the rapture, but they now become Christians. They will now go through the tribulation. And that's what um, um, Revelation is talking about. That those people who who have been washed with, with the blood through the tribulation will meet Jesus at the second coming. So they will be the ones. Those ones and Christians that have that became apostates then later come, came back and, and say, oh, here we are. Right. So so that is it. Praise now, the Lord. Uh, sorry. Hallelujah. Another thing, uh, Pastor Richard, just to say this. Another thing, when God, when the word of God uses numbers like that, it's really hardly exact numbers. They, those numbers signify, they're like codes. They signify things that is not on the surface. So when, when, you, you say that 144,000, you know, it's, I'm 100% I'm sure it's not literal. 100%. But we are going to uh, delve into that 
blessing. Yes. Praise, Praise the, Lord. the Lord. Okay, it's you. Okay. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the living Jesus. Hallelujah. Pastor, I'm so grateful for this teaching this night. Thank you. Because uh, myself and my husband, we do argue and argue and argue over this thing. Just this. Every day. Now, like this one of um, tribulation, sir. Yes, sir. He said, um, I, I do ask him. I said, during this tribulation, where will you people be? He said, well, that is when they will know that they are the children of God because they will face tribulation. Then I now told him, I said, when you face, I said, have you forgotten what the word of God says? They will pluck out your eyes. They will <laughs> cut off your hands. He said, yes. When they cut it, that is when they will know that they are the real believer. Yeah. That one is that. Then, this issue of preaching. I yeah. told him, he said, yes. We are the people. They are the people preaching. Can they you, preach can you, us. Can you help us to, to clarify who they are? Ah, um, yes, the Jehovah Witness. Okay. Yes, okay. He said they are the one preaching. They have been preaching all over the whole world. Okay. Where have we preached to? And I told him, blah, blah, blah. So now, pastor, hey, yeah. I don't know this. <laughs> this four things you, you made mention of the historical go 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 go. I don't know how to pronounce. Try, try, try. Yeah, 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 we would say these people because there was one certain day, sir. We have our devotional. I, I am coming, sir. They are here. They are here. Okay, they are weird, sir. This is where they are. Hey, Historical wow. premillennialism. So yeah. what they are saying, because yes, the people that hold to this view believe that at the tribulation, yeah. the church will be purified. That the, only the true Christians will survive it. So all these fake, fake people that are coming to church saying, uh, we lift your name, everybody saying that. Yeah. When tribulation starts, we know who is who. So that is, that is the, where the rapture will come, Abby. Uh, uh, they don't say, they don't, they, they, they don't hold to the rapture. Okay, yes, yes. So, so that is what they hold on to. Okay. They, they are very silent on the rapture because they, they, they focus on the second coming of the which is fine, um, and all that stuff. So, but this is what we hold on to. Excuse me, sir. Yes. There is one other question, sir. Okay. Um, during their um, Lord's Supper, they don't observe it. What they do, they, they prepare it because I've been there with him once. Okay. Yes, they prepare the Lord's Supper, but to my greatest surprise, nobody partook. Um, then I now asked him, I said, why did you people prepare this? He said, it's only 144,000 mm. that is going to rule with Christ mm. that would partook. I said, then how do you now know that is this 144,000 that we partook uh, the Lord's Supper. He said the Holy Spirit. I said, but you people did not believe on the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he said, Holy Spirit is an acting force. That God is then how come? You know, sir. Okay, so I mean, so that's, there you go. There you have the 144,000, yeah. you know, um, people. Different, they're, they're different version of the 144,000, you know, but if you read it, 
further. It says, that talks about the multitude of people in God's kingdom that are singing and praising God. So if it's only 144,000 people, exactly, that's what God is saying. Then where did the multiple multitude come from? Countless number of people. So when you want to approach apocalypse with literal word for word thing, you're going to make a lot of mistakes. Apocalypse is um, revelations. It's, it's literally um, book of revelations, Daniel, I mean, things that speak of prophecies of, of, of the future. Okay? So just hold on to what you believe. Let him know what you believe and pray for him. You never know. And trust that you and your household will be saved. Amen. Yes, please. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My question is about the two witnesses from Revelation chapter 11, okay. verse 1 to 14. I want to ask, um, during what dispensation are they going to appear and who are they going to be? What does it say about them? So that everybody... They are going to come Again, you know, um, you cannot grow roots in a hurry. You, you can't do apologetics in like a microwave. You have to dig into it. So don't be, um, just relax. You are going to be stronger in Jesus' name. Yes. Um, they are going to come and witness about Christ. They are going to battle with what, the Antichrist. What, yes. So what, what does that tell you? Um, during the, the tribulation. Exactly. The Antichrist is not revealed until here. And will not exist here. <laughs> it will have been bound. You know, so. But again, I want us to, when you get home, read it. Revelation chapter 11, verse 11. 14. Okay, thank you. Yes. Okay, uh, good evening, sir. Good, good, evening. good evening, sir. Good evening. Um, just wondering. Where Israel factors in in all this? Israel, Abby. Yes. Now, um, I've simplified the slide for clarity. Um, the Israel age is pre the church age. Yes. There are um, people that believe that the um, Israel age, the historical premillennialism, ended when the church age began. That once the church age began, God's people ceases to be the Jews. That God's people are now is now the church. That, but Jews are. The, and Christians obviously have become a part of God's people. Now, dispensational premillennialism actually states that the Jewish age continues on, which is what I think is consistent with scriptures, because the church age does not negate the covenant that God had with Abraham. In fact, the church age Christ brought us into that covenant. So, 
so it continues on, but we are, we are silent on it because of the detail that it will require for me to begin to explain all that. I will expand it at time, but the, that is the nutshell. Do you understand? Okay, great. Um, one, okay, is that the final person? Okay, one, two, and, and we are done. Um, next week, we said we are going to look at what? Christianity and Islam. Yeah, go on. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good evening, Pastor. Good evening. You, you talked about the three types of eternal judgment. You, you talked about the judgment of the nation, mm -hmm. which um, I'm hearing for the first time. Um, I mean, we know the great white judgment for non-Christians. We know the judgment seat of Christ where Christians will receive their reward. But the judgment of the nation is kind of um, new. So please, can you just explain more about what it is? Okay. Um, the judgment seat of the white throne room judgment is, is actually not only for unbelievers because if you read it, it says that in the white throne room judgment, there are books that were opened and the book of life. Who, who says that in the book of life? Believers. So, but um, just to mention that, without getting into the details, the, uh, what is called the judgment of the nations is simply separating the sheep from the from the goats when it says when Jesus talks about enter into the to the joy of your Lord so he's not talking about, really talking about their he says some will say to me Lord Lord I have done this in your name I've done that in your name I've done this in your name but he says no 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 come to this way I don't know you oh you I know you so that is the separation of the sheep and goats basically that's the, the big picture separation. Then when you come to the judgment seat of Christ, it, it, no, before judgment seat of Christ, the white throne room judgment, it actually now talks about getting into their deeds, what you have done. What you have done. And but for us, it, because why we will, why it appears, or why it is said that Christians don't, will not partake in the white throne, white throne, white throne room, white throne seat, whatever, judgment seat, the white throne judgment seat, is that what will be opened for us is the book of life. So when we get there, if your name is in the book of life, it is what he has done that matters for you. <laughs> So, if your name is in the book of life. Now, when we now move past that, so you see that from the judgment of the nations, the big picture, we've drilled down, the next step is judgment, um, the white throne room, the white throne seat, the white throne judgment. Then the third one is the judgment seat of Christ. Now, we've moved past that. This is now just for believers. So, it's now your works. You are saved. That's not an issue. You are, you are going to heaven because your name is written in the book of life. Not because of what you did or did do, but because of his obedience, not your obedience or your disobedience. Praise the name of the Lord. So, so when, when, when you, we now get to the judgment seat of Christ, it is now your works. Did you serve Jesus on earth? Did you come for a trial? 
know it counts. You don't know. People that sit and talk about the word of God, a book of remembrance is written for them. It counts. Did you serve in church? Did you take care of children in children's church? Did you sweep the floor? When you were singing in the choir, what was your motive? Were you singing so that people can see your new shoe? That work will be burnt up in fire. Do you understand? It will not survive it. It will just enter. But if what you are doing, you are preaching, work, what you are doing, if it is for his glory, so that his name will be glorified, when it comes out, it comes out gold. So there are people that, by the, with all their Christian service, they, all their works will be consumed with fire. They will have nothing left except their soul. They will enter heaven practically naked in that regard, but they will be saved. Praise the Lord. I know someone said, hey, let me cook this thing. <laughs> let me not. <laughs> Jimmy, ah, ah, ah. Most I can just enter. I'd rather be a dog boy, a ball boy. You will be, be the marshal. I will be face me and face you. At least we are all in heaven. You know, my grandmother used to sing his song. Uh, worry, it's too conk for, for, for you guys. I won't sing it. It just says that if they say I should enter heaven, once they say I should enter, more like my life is, that's all I need. But again, if you look at the fact that we are going to be there wherever God will want us to be, for eternity, forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And you won't face me, I face you. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You don't want any stars on your cross. You don't want any jewels. You don't want any mansion. You don't want... God wants it for you. And he has prepared it for you. So why settle for a megad? Where you can sit in the in the house. Let's go down our hearts as we burn our heads. Father, we love you. We honor you, we adore you. You are worthy to be praised. You are worthy to be adored. You are worthy to be magnified. You are worthy of our praise. We look forward to seeing you, Lord Jesus. We look forward to seeing you. We look forward to embracing you, to falling at your feet. Would we be able to speak? Would we be able, be able to stand? Would we be able to sing? But we will be in adoration in all of you, in 
all of our fathers. I want to pray with you if you are here, you're like, I'm not sure I'm with Jesus. This rapture thing, I want to settle it right now. I don't want to feel fear. I want to feel joy. Put up your hand over your head. I will pray together. I have, I, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to surrender. You can put down your hand once you have the card. God bless you. Once you have the card, you can put down your hand. I want to surrender to him. I want to settle it today. I want to be jubilant and be excited. God bless you. Right there. That is me, pastor. Pray with me. I want to pray with you right now. Oh, Father, we thank you. We pray for everyone that is surrendered to you today. We ask in the name of Jesus that you breathe upon us. Save them to the uttermost according to your word. Lord, write these names in the Lamb's book of life. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Honor and glory we give unto you. Lord, we pray for every one of us, Lord, that we'll meet all be in heaven together. I'll be with you. We will not be left behind. Our works will not be burnt up as hay and stubble. That our works will be like gold for you in the name of Jesus. Honor and glory we give unto you, Father. In Jesus' name, Thank you for listening to this. I want to encourage you to share this resource with your family and friends. God bless you. Thank you.